You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. Turn into your Bibles to Mark uh, chapter 15. Uh, verses, we're going to read 42 all the way through 16.6. This is the story of the resurrection. Um, all, all this month we are studying the real Easter, and today we're going to start talking about the fake Easter, the Easter bunnies. We will, by the way, this is no April Fool's joke, microwave a peep in here. So uh, that will be fun. Uh, that We'll do that later. But turn on your Bibles to Mark 15. We are uh, still in the habit of not putting up scriptures on the screen to help or encourage, or make you bring your own Bibles. Um, I think getting into the habit of bringing your own Bible, flipping, opening your own Bible, reading it, um, is a very good habit to get into. So we do have Bibles on the tables. Um, Turn to Mark chapter 15. This is the resurrection story as we talk all this month about the real Easter. Um, There's four Gospels, and there just so happens that we're going to be meeting uh, at the Mill Sunday School four Sundays this month, because we won't meet next Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday. You can go to one of the New Life Church services at 8. 10, 12, or 5 p.m. Um, so no Sunday school next week as way of announcement. But uh, we're going to end up this, this month with our four Sundays reading all four gospel accounts of the resurrection and as we talk about Easter and resurrection. So Mark fifteen forty two says, It was preparation day. That is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening was approaching, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate. That was the governor that, uh, that uh, sentenced Jesus to death. And he asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate was surprised to hear that he, had already been, he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned that, that, that from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in linen, and placed it in the tomb of, of the rock. And then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Mag- Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. And then verse 1 of chapter 16. Um, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, and the, other, uh, and the mother of James and Sol- Salome brought spices so they might go anoint uh, Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, uh, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll away the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Verse 4, But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white and a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Do not be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See that the place where you laid him. Um, go tell the disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So let's pray this morning. God, we, we thank you for um, the story of your resurrection that it's been given to us and that we can praise your name and glorify you and celebrate that and remember that story of that you were dead. You, our God, our Savior, were dead, but then you beat death. You conquered death and you rose from the grave and you appeared to people and there, that story's been written down. So we praise your name. We thank you that that power of the resurrection is still here today and alive in our lives. And, and uh, as, as we as Christians follow you, God, would you um, bring your power of resurrection into our life that we might follow you and love you all the days of our life. So we praise you. We love you. Everybody screamed. <laughs> Amen. Um, does anyone recognize this saying up here? 
It's a Greek saying. Uh, Christos, you probably recognize that word, uh, the Greek word for Christ. Uh, and then aneste, uh, anyone, there's lots of words that start off with that. Not, maybe not a lot. I think of the word like Anastasia, the, the um, faux Disney movie that you probably saw a long time ago. Um, but Anastasia, that, that story, that name, uh, what the, the Greek word means is resurrection. And so uh, Christos Aneste means Christ has risen. And this was an early church greeting, um, specifically on the day in which early Christians celebrated the resurrection, Resurrection Sunday. They would say, Christos Aneste, and you would respond with, Alithos Aneste. So you'd say, Christos Aneste, and then they would say, Alithos Aneste. And Alithos means, uh, indeed, indeed he has risen. So these two words, Christ has risen, or Christ has risen indeed, the, the, the English um, way of saying this phrase. And it's a pretty common phrase. So next week uh, will be Easter Sunday. Uh, we won't have the Mill Sunday School, but you, you'll probably come to church with your family or friends. And it's this great occasion where lots of people who usually don't come to church come to church. And um, often they will greet each other with, He has risen. And, and they will say, You will say, He has risen indeed. And I had a Greek professor, going back to the, um, the, the Greek version, uh, I had this Greek professor who was just really um, excited all the time. And uh, he would always begin and end class with screaming, Christos Aneste. And we would have to scream back, Alethos Aneste. And then like other classrooms down the, down the hall would like come in. Like, you guys okay in here? What in the world are you screaming? We're screaming that Christ has risen. He's risen indeed. So, he's risen. He's risen. He's risen! risen. (laughs) All right. So, now we know. So, welcome to the Mill Sunday School. Um, Sorry this projector isn't working. I guess we just have one today. But it seems like it's a new one. It's brighter than usual. So, that's cool. Um, Anyways, uh, so as far as announcements go, this is the Mill Sunday School. Welcome. We meet every Sunday. We kind of take topics by month. Um, uh, there's free breakfast back there. If, you, if you're new to the Mill Sunday School, welcome. The breakfast coffee's for you. Um, there's on, on all your tables are little cards that say uh, the Mill Sunday School. You could fill one of those out if you want. Bring them back to the back table. We'll have your information. We'll email you just a, a welcome uh, email. And I think we, we still have some CDs. We can give you a gift uh, by way of saying thanks for coming, and um, it's, it's actually a recording of our actual, not our actual, our, our main service as college and 20-somethings, which uh, happens on Friday night at 7 o'clock. How many of you there were there last Friday where I got to speak at the mill? So a few of you. So part of this message today will be more of an exploration of a, a piece of what I talked about on Friday. But if you're new to the mill and the mill Sunday school, just um, know that we have our main service at 7 o'clock on Fridays and the mill Sunday school is kind of a smaller group out of that. So uh, that's that. Um, we are, uh, by way of announcements, next this, this Friday coming up will be our Good Friday service You'll want to be on time to that. We're inviting the whole church to celebrate and remember Christ's death as we celebrate what we call Good Friday. So, um, without any further ado, uh, we're going to talk about um, the fake Easter today. And so I have a clip of a comedian. I showed a part of this little clip on a Friday night, um, but we're going to see more of the clip. It's Jim Gaffigan. He's kind of a clean uh, comedian. I don't think he's a Christian comedian, but I think he grew up Catholic, so he has a lot of uh, religious humor, and he usually just has a good spin to things. And I think it's so cool when comedians are clean. Everybody look back there. That's my friend John Chris. John, wave. He's hiding out the door. Um, John, just to brag about him, he is a full-time comedian. 
comedian now. He quit his day job. He's a full-time comedian. He's a Christian. He's one of us. He's clean most of the time. <laughs> just kidding. And so it's, I think it's just so hard for comedians uh, to be clean. So when a comedian is clean, I, I really appreciate it. So anyways, here's Jim Gaffigan uh, introducing our topic of the fake Easter. He's going to talk a little about about Christmas too. I just left it in because I thought it was funny. So here we go. I love our holiday traditions, like the Christmas tree, where we go out and we chop down a tree and we put it in our living room. Kind of sounds like the behavior of a drunk man, really. (laughs) Some woman wakes up. Honey, why is there a a pine tree in our living room? I like it. We're 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 gonna decorate it for Jesus. It is a little ridiculous. Don't you, if we stop and think about some of the things we do, our traditions around our holidays, you know, we, we talked uh, around Christmas time, we talked about the real Christmas and we talked about the fake Christmas. That's kind of the, the intent of this month as well, to talk about the fake Easter and the real Easter, um, because it is kind of confusing. And it is just interesting. Like, where do we get all these traditions? Like these things, these peeps. Does anybody like peeps? Okay, I'll, I'll give the rest of these out uh, to a specific table in a minute, but um, I'm going to microwave a peep first. And and there's really, sometimes sermon illustrations have a point. Uh, there's really, really no point to this. I'm just going to microwave a peep. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think of a point. I'm like, we're going to microwave the peep in honor of busting the Easter myths. Right? Does that work? Okay, sure. All right, so... Let's put it in here. I think we got a uh, we got a camera on this thing. I think there it is. I don't know you'll be able to see. I'll pull it out as soon as it's done. I'd microwave it with the door open, but we'd all get cancer and die. So, all right, let's see what happens here. How do you work this microwave? There we go. Two minutes out of two. <laughs> Someone have a uh, fire extinguisher handy? All right. You can't even see in there, can you? Can you see in there? Can I see in there? All right, it's getting bigger. I'll just describe what I'm seeing. The the chemicals are oozing out. He's just growing. Uh, oh, gosh, he's getting really big. He's about as big as a baseball right now. Can you see that? Oh, I guess you can see it a little bit. Oh, sick. It's like, what are these things made out of? The, the, the chemicals just, oh, sick. Sorry, I was supposed to be describing what's happening. I think he's just burning now. Oh man, it's it's. I've seen them get as big as uh, like basketballs. Here it is. That's not that cool. That's I mean, a round of applause for the peep. No, no offense. But I've seen them get much bigger than that. I guess we'll have to microwave. Maybe they make them differently now. Um, anyway, that was very anticlimactic. I apologize. Um, but let me give you a discussion question. Uh, put, put the discussion question is this, just to get you thinking um, uh, about uh, Easter um, and the fake Easter. That's, that's really today's topic. So if you're like, man, we, we just talked about the Easter bunny and the eggs and uh, just we microwaved a peep. What were we doing? Well, we're, we're talking about the fake Easter and how we got some of those traditions. Um, the rest of this month we will spend talking about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So um, just as a warning. But here's your discussion question. Get, um, meet somebody new. Uh, get into a little group. Invite yourself into groups. Seems like we're kind of spread out today. So just um, smaller groups. Get with bigger groups. And uh, list as many things as you can that have nothing to do with Jesus but everything to do with Easter. So list things of Easter that have nothing to do with Jesus. And whoever 
whoever has the most things listed, that table will get the rest of the peeps. And the microwaved one, if you wanted it. Oh, look at it. The sick. It's just like a flattened, gross. Anyways. Two. One. All right. Pins down. How many of you got, it should be everybody. How many of you got five or more? Okay. Ten or more things. Some hands went down. Fifteen or more things. Seriously, wow. Twenty or more? Wow, there's... Are you guys... How many did you get? Twenty-three. Well, come on up. Get get the peeps and the microwaved peep. Give them a hand for listing 23 things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should probably look at that list. It's probably like green Easter eggs, blue Easter eggs, <laughs> red Easter eggs... <laughs> Anyways, there's a lot to do. If you're if you are just brainstorming and thinking, there's a lot that has to do with Easter. I, I put up a picture of the basket here, the bunnies, the eggs. Um, that's as far as my list goes. Um, what else? The, even the name. Did anyone list the name Easter? What does the name Easter have anything to do with Jesus? That's that's kind of interesting as well. Um, there's lots of things. Easter is. I saw a figure on the interweb, so take it whatever you want, but 80% of eighty percent or more of, Amer- of Americans celebrate Easter, um, and, and 80% uh, or more of Americans are not Christian, and yet this this holiday is celebrated. And so I think you could totally celebrate this holiday. You could go you know, downtown and do an Easter egg hunt and hide eggs and talk about the Easter bunny and never even mention Jesus and have this full holiday um, that is supposed to be about the resurrection of Jesus. And yet so much about it has nothing to do with Jesus. Um, and so let's talk about a few things in your notes. If you got notes when you came in there, there's the name Easter, the day of when we celebrate Easter, a few of these points. And so we'll go through these and talk about the name Easter, and if you, if you were there on Friday night at the mill, I um, quickly mentioned that the name Easter actually comes from this uh, potential Babylonian god, and, and the Babylonians it could have even pre, something could have predated them. But this is a feminine goddess, uh, the Babylonian god Ishtar, um, and then the Phoenicians would call call her Ashtore, and then in Hebrew, the Hebrew culture, the Canaanites would call this god Ashtaroth. In the Greek, it's Astarte, and then uh, in, in the Middle Ages, this the same Greek uh, god, this Roman god, uh, and the Romans would call her uh, Venus after the planet. Look at that picture. That's a great slide, huh? Uh, that's a picture of the moon and the planet Venus seen with the naked eye. Um, but but this planet Venus, uh, the god of, of love and, and romance and fertility, is this God that is worshipped and thought about in the springtime because a new life is being made and a lot of animals mate in the springtime. And, and so um, just a little, you know, information in case you wondered when animals mate. But um, so anyways, uh, new life is happening. And so why not worship the, the, this goddess of um, fertility, this goddess that your harvest would be good so that um, you might have children? Um, and if you believed in gods, you know, this would be the time to worship the god. Um, I'm not saying we should do that. I'm just saying that's what people in the ancient world probably thought. And so this, this feminine god of uh, fertility, uh, Ishtar, and of, of course, I probably don't even need to say that Ishtar sounds a lot like Easter, um, uh, (laughs) someone just said Christmas. (laughs) No, it's wrong. Um, 
Anyway, I think that's uh, uh, about enough I want to say specifically about that, the God herself, because we'll talk about her in a second some more when we go to her symbols. But um, the date of Easter, if you've always wondered, like, when is Easter every year? Here's, here's when Easter was the last couple of years, when Easter will be next year. Uh, next year, 2013, will be on March 31st. This year, of course, it's on the 8th of April, one week from today. And so why in the world does Easter change dates? Like, if we were really celebrating an actual event of the resurrection, we should figure out when that event happened and then celebrate that day um, once every year, like maybe we do on Christmas. And, and there's actually lots of debate that Jesus was not born on December 25th, but that's just the day we celebrate it and that we celebrate it every calendar year. And so why in the world does the date of Easter change? Does anyone know this? By a couple, one, two-ish, three-ish? I'll tell you so you can know. Um, it has to do with the sun. And we could talk about the elliptical orbit of the Earth around the Sun, and the, the the Sun being at one of the foci. Did you have to learn that in physics physics class? Anyways, so astronomy. Um, so the Earth goes around the Sun. Hopefully, that's not news to you. Um, and uh, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, um, we're flying. Yeah, we are. It's pretty cool. So. Uh, Anyways, there's there's something that happens every spring and fall when the when the day, the light, uh, and the night are the exact same length, and that's called uh, in the springtime. It's called the March equinox or the vernal equinox, the spring equinox. And that day is usually uh, March twentieth. Uh, that's when it happens every year. That the day in the northern hemisphere, the the day uh, and the night are exactly the same length, and so um, this kind of uh, sets spring into motion. We know it's spring because the days get longer and the, the nights get shorter and then they're the same exact length. And that showed us as humans and our ancestors into the ancient world when spring was coming. And so, of course, you would worship the spring goddess around her time of coming back. And so you'd you'd watch the sun and know when that happens. And so Easter, you would think, oh, Easter would be the same every date, every year. But it actually has to do also with the moon. Um, and so Easter is is, uh, I'll tell you now, so you, and you'll probably forget because uh, it's kind of confusing, but Easter is the first Sunday after the first full moon after that spring equinox. And so it's the, the sun and the moon. And why was this date chosen? And it was, in fact, chosen uh, during the Council of Nicaea, which happened in 325 AD. Uh, tr- Christians got together to decide things. And this is one of the first ecumenical, meaning worldwide councils of Christians. So the known world, Christians uh, representing every city of the known world uh, that were Christian over the Roman Empire came and got together to make some decisions. Wouldn't that be awesome if we could do that today? I mean, we could, it'd be hard to do that today. We, we'd like go to a meeting and be like, oh, the Baptists are here. Let's get out. Oh, the Presbyterians are here. We can't meet with them. Oh, the Methodists, we don't like them. The what? No. It, anyways, we, we should as Christians, you know, lay down our denominations. And it, but it's, it's so hard. Um, so anyways, I, I talk about this to say way back in the day, people actually did get together. And it's, I joke that it was the first time and the last time all Christians got together. Um, but it was the Council of Nicaea, a very important event in our church uh, history because because, of course, we get the, the Nicene Creed out of this council, um, which is a very important creed for us as believers. And they decided that the day um, that they were going to celebrate Easter, that we should celebrate Easter, all of us, on the same day, be on the same page figuratively, um, would be the first full moon, uh, the, the first Easter, uh, the first Sunday 
after the first full moon, after that spring equinox. And why did they pick that day? Because that was the day that people were already celebrating, um, and they were celebrating the tradition of, of Ishtar and spring and the resurrection of uh, flowers and seeds and fertility. And so and, and maybe in their mind, they were just like, well, we'll, we'll celebrate the, the resurrection of Jesus on that day. Maybe, I mean, I have no idea what they were thinking. Um, I have no idea what any of you are thinking right now. Uh, you're just looking at me. Um, some of you with blank stares, maybe you're not thinking anything. Anyways, um, but to give them credit, so I'm just kind of making up what they could have been thinking. Maybe they were thinking, oh, we could redeem this day, this day that uh, Ishtar was worshipped, and we'll worship the real, the true God, so we'll redeem that day. Um, maybe they were thinking that. Maybe they were, um, to give, give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe they were saying, oh, well, people are already taking this day off. Why not just make it easier for everyone? The, the day's already in the calendar as a special day. Let's uh, worship Jesus on this day instead of Ishtar, because people are already out doing that. I mean, I think if Christians did get together today, like all Christians, you know, a leader from every city got together um, in like maybe our capital or something and made some decisions and they were like, let's have a prayer day, like a full day of prayer once a year um, where all Christians take the whole day off and pray. What day should we pick? Well, they could pick if they wanted to. Like, well, let's make it easier on people. Let's pick like Memorial Day because people already have that day off and and so they don't have to get off work to, to spend the day in prayer before the Lord. And so so, so you, we could, you know, if we made that decision, I'm kind of on a limb here, made that in a hundred years, look back and be like, oh, the, the early church in 2012, they picked that day because they were memorializing America and they were worshiping America. It's like, no, we weren't. We just picked that day because it was, it was um, an easy day to pick because people already had the day off. They were already celebrating. And, and, and so what a, a perfect day to pick, practically speaking. So Anyways, I don't know why they picked that day. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking, but that's the day they picked, this day in which Ishtar was worshipped. And of course, the name Easter kind of stuck for some horribly weird reason. And we still, to this day in English, call the day Easter, which is really after the pagan goddess Ishtara. So that kind of stinks. So anyways, let's let's move on. Uh, more more depression to come. Um the symbols of Easter. What's the biggest symbol of Easter to you as a kid? The bunny, of course. Um, uh, we were going to get, Erica was at the Chapel of his mall, and they have this like Easter bunny set up to like get pictures. And we were going to get our son, little Jay, uh, a picture with the Easter bunny. But it was like $16. I was like, what? It's just some idiot in a fake fursuit. 16 bucks? Serious? So we ended up not doing it. So I have some pictures that I found on the internet um, just to frighten you and disturb you of some kids with the Easter Bunny. <laughs> Look at these kids. They just love the Easter Bunny. They love them. Here's an old one. This one's just like, this is weird. This is creepy. What <laughs> in the world? And this girl's just really happy to be there. Here's, a, here's another creepy one. It's like, oh. Dad, is that you in there? And this kid's trying to get away. Oh, gosh. Get out of here. I have a bunch of these. I was just looking through these last night. I was laughing my head off. Uh, <laughs> look at the face of fear in that little girl. Uh, kids with the Easter bunnies. And then, and then uh, that one. Here's one last one. I think this one's Photoshop, but it's like, oh, my gosh. Are you, are you serious? Um, yeah, I'll get that off so to stop disturbing you. 
switch to Easter eggs. Um, but supposedly, in my research, I found that uh, Ishtar, the, the feminine goddess of fertility, uh, turned a bunny into a bird or vice versa, turned a bird into a bunny. And so somehow this bunny was able to lay eggs. And of course, the bunny is a symbol of fertility, the phrase uh, multiplying like rabbits. Um, and of course, eggs are, you know, have little chickens in them. And um, and hopefully not if you're eating them, but um, they're symbols of fertility. And so eggs and bunnies became these symbols of Ishtar. And they somehow just got passed down and the traditions just kept going. And and so today we have Easter eggs and we usually go out and color them. Anybody colored eggs as a kid? You get that little package of dye and you bring it back and get some eggs and color them, put stickers on them. Um, I'm about to tell you where we got that tradition and it's very disturbing. So if you, you get disturbed very easily, you can close your ears or walk away. Um, it, it, to be serious, it is very disturbing. Um, but on Easter's day, on that, you know, that equinox, the first uh, Sunday. And this, did you know that we call it Sunday? Because that's when the sun, we used to worship the sun, not we, but um, uh, ancestors, like the Romans, the Greeks, they would, the soul invictus, they would worship the sun. Um, and so that's why we call it Sunday. Um, kind of sad anyways. Um, so uh, going back in time, Ishtar's day um, on the supposedly at uh, sunrise, they would be worshiping Ishtar, these, these pagans um, in, in Babylonia and, and maybe before and maybe after them. Um, and the disturbing story is this, that there would be priests of Ishtar who would have sex with women who were virgins. That so was like the virgin sacrifice and the, the priest would impregnate them and then a year from you know the next year around the the same springtime um those women would give birth you know nine months of pregnancy and then um three the, so those little babies would be about three months old um i guess they would kill the baby like a child sacrifice and they would dye eggs for ishtar blood red with the baby's blood that's weird. It's, it's, I realize it's very disturbing. And so I don't know that you'll ever be able to dye your Easter eggs again without thinking about that. Um, so I probably ruined it for you and your kids uh, and your grandkids by telling you where we got that from. And how many of you knew that? Did anybody know that? A few, one, two, three, four-ish of you knew that. Um, and so now you do know that, and it's like, that's a little disturbing. Not just a little, that is extremely disturbing that that tradition is probably why we today die our Easter eggs because of the, the child sacrifice and the blood dying of eggs to celebrate Ishtar. Um, disturbing. More disturbing stuff to come, and then we'll uh, have a discussion. Um, the, the ham. Uh, this this isn't as disturbing. So uh, anybody have Easter ham every year with your families? Not that many, really. We always did a ham uh, and probably will this, this uh, Sunday coming up. Um, you wonder about that. Like, where did that tradition come? The early church being mostly uh, Jews. Uh, do Jews eat pork, pigs, ham? No, they detest it. And so it's like, where did that tradition come? Because why would the early church being mostly Jewish celebrate, you know, God by going out and eating an unclean pig animal um it's like where did that come from well it probably comes from this guy and this guy is called tammuz 
who was also another Babylonian god, um, or a god, the, the Ishtar was the goddess, and Tammuz was uh, the lover of Ishtar, and Tammuz was going out one day hunting, uh, I guess when he was like 40 years old, and he was going hunting for wild boar, and the boar killed him instead of him, it was like a horrible hunting trip gone wrong, um, and so he was killed. And so on Ishtar's day, in celebration of uh, her lover, Tammuz, you would eat the boar in significance that he, you know, you're conquering the boar that killed him in some ways. It's connected there. Uh, I don't know. Um, and, and supposedly the 40 days, he was 40 years old. And so Ishtar would be uh, weeping for for one day for every year that Tammuz lived. And so potentially that's where we got the tradition of Lent, which starts 40 days before uh, Easter, which begins with Ash Wednesday, this putting on of ashes, this weeping, this time of fasting. Anybody giving up anything for Lent? Food, candy, Mountain Dew, coffee, anything? Um, so so this, this tradition may have come from the the idea of weeping for Tammuz because and and you would do that before springtime because that's when you celebrate Ishtar so you weep with Ishtar before her day is celebrated how weird and and I was when I was researching this I actually found a biblical uh um verse about this I was like wow it's in the bible how weird and cool and horrible all at the same time so if you want turn to Ezekiel um 8 so it's an old testament book flip back um I'll read it for you. It's Ezekiel 8.14, and here's a picture of uh, the temple, because it has to do with the temple and people weeping for uh, Tammuz at the temple of the Lord. And so here's people who are Jewish who are supposed to be worshiping Yahweh only. And it says this. I'll give you another second. Ezekiel 8, starting in verse 14. Oh, I have a colon there. It's supposed to be a dash. We're going to read 14 through 16. Sorry if that confused you. It's a typo. Um, So Ezekiel 8. Uh, verse 14, and it says this, that the Lord is bringing Ezekiel to different things and showing him things. And it says, he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the house of the Lord. So where are they at? They're at the temple. They're at the, the, the north gate. And I saw women sitting there mourning the god Tammuz. And he said to me, do you see this, son of man? You will see things that are even more detestable than this. So it's a detestable thing that at the, at the foot of the Lord's temple, Women are actually weeping for Tammuz in some ways, showing respect for Tammuz and Ishtar uh, weeping for him. Uh, Verse 16 says, then he brought me to the inner court of the house of the Lord. So the inner court, like where the Lord is supposed to be being worshipped. And there at the entrance of the temple, between the portico and the altar, there were about 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces towards the east. They were bowing down to the sun in the east. And um, of course, when is the sun in the east? (laughs) <laughs> Everybody's like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's in the morning, yeah. <laughs> Happens every day. Um, <laughs> and so some some Christians have uh, s- said, I don't even want to be a part of sunrise services because potentially Ishtar was worshipped with the rising of the sun or that sun worship was happening on Ishtar's day. People facing east 
worshiping the, the rising sun. And so maybe that's where, I mean, lots of churches do Easter sunrise service. I mean, I have led Easter sunrise services before. Me and a bunch of mill people a long time ago when the mill was small, uh, we all went up on into the mountains, section 16, we went up there, sat on some rocks uh, in the dark, waiting for the sun to rise. We were cold, and then the sun came up, and it was just beautiful. We worshiped the creator of the sun, not the sun, and we uh, thought about uh, Jesus, the, the, it was Easter Sunday, so we, we read the Easter resurrection passage, which does have to do with the morning of Sunday, uh, the day, the first day of the week, the day after the Sabbath. And so we worshiped Jesus and we celebrated his life and his resurrection and read that story. And so what should we do with all this? Um, basically what this is, uh, I used to, said this word on Friday, this is syncretism. This is the blending and molding of religious traditions and ideas um, into what, uh, so it's like two religions melting together or um, just things of one religion or culture into the religion of another. And um, just a, two weeks ago, I was in Guatemala with my friend Bobby. And we, we as Americans can go to another culture and kind of see things from a bird's eye view and, and see the culture. And the Guatemalan culture is very uh, Mayan in, in a way that, that their ancient, ancient, ancient ancestors were Mayan, this Mayan religion. And they're also very Catholic and so um, Christian. And so we you know, looking as Americans, looking at this Guatemalan culture, it's kind of easy for us to take a step back and be like, yeah, why do you do this? Uh, You know, why is, you know, do you do your Catholic uh, Jesus worshiping at an old Mayan temple? That seems totally wrong. Like, and, and we might say, oh, these people need to be converted to the true Christianity. I mean, what in the world, you know, they, they need to be converted because they're mixing their old pagan Mayan religion with Catholicism. And, and so we, w- we would look at that and be like, oh, they, these people need to be told that they're, what they're doing and be shown the right way. But then as, as we point our fingers at them and be like, yeah, they need to do something. I imagine a Guatemalan uh, coming here to, to America and seeing us as Christians, you know, celebrating Christmas with Santa Claus and candy canes and being like, don't you know that that stuff has pagan traditions? We're coming here around Easter and we're like, yay, the Easter bunny, eggs, let's hand them out and eat stuff and peeps microwaving them. Um, and couldn't they accuse us of like, man, these people need to be converted. They need to be changed. Why are they doing this, this, this syncretism? And it has to do with this idea that I imagine a lot of this is just news to you, right? I mean, I imagine it was, I found this picture online and you'll never, you'll, you'll, it's, it's funny and scary at the same time. It's a little kid, um, dressed up in an egg, a red egg suit. And he's got little red eggs next to them. And I was like, my goodness, do these parents have any idea of the of the history and the tradition of the red eggs? They would never put their kid in a little red egg suit. And he's just smiling there with his hair sticking up. Look at him, he's so cute. Um, but it's like, we just don't know. We just, we just do things because maybe our parents did them that way. And we have feelings and connections with family and friends uh, around holidays. And we just do them because... We grew up doing them, and we'll, we'll do them with our children, and it's fun, and it's the microwaving the peeps. Um, we're not doing anything satanic by microwaving a peep. You know, if you if you if you decorate your Easter eggs, are you worshiping Ishtar at the same time? If you are, I'd say that's doing something wrong. But if you're not, then maybe you're just having fun and decorating Easter egg, and you're hiding them, and kids find them, and that's just a fun event. Um, and then I thought about this picture, the picture that's on your skillet. 
um, of red Easter eggs with a cross on them. And it's like, do people know like where that tradition came from? Um, that, that child sacrifice was made? And, and maybe, I don't know, to give people the benefit of the doubt, um, maybe they do know the tradition. And maybe they're like, yeah, the, the whole child sacrifice thing was, was, didn't work. And it was horrible and detestable. And so we worship a God who, in some ways, God sent his son to die for our sins. And so maybe we do, in some ways, think about the, the atonement of Jesus and the, the blood of the atonement. And so we could put a cross on a red Easter egg, and that's somehow a beautiful um, symbol and tradition of, of, of what Christ did on the cross. He died and his blood was poured out for us. And so we can remember that with red Easter eggs with a cross on them. And so what are we supposed to do with all this? I have a question for you and then um, we have time. So I'll, I'll go out and get some of your opinions um, and ask you this question. So maybe get into a group, maybe the same group, maybe a different group. Um, and basically, what's just this big idea? What should we do with Easter in light of this syncretism, should we, um, you know, go out and, and tell everyone about the Easter eggs and the blood red and be like, you flip over tables as kids are like decorating and putting stickers, <laughs> this out of here, idolatry? Or do we just let that happen and, but, but emphasize Jesus? What do we do? So um, to give you a little uh, direction, if you're on the left side of the room, that's you guys. And so if you really want, you could switch if you want to take the other side. But if you're on the left side of the room, uh, you kind of make arguments that we should throw it all out, you know, go into little kids' rooms and knock over their eggs and slap them. Easter Bunny's not real. Um, just kidding. Um, but, but take that perspective so we could kind of get the, the other side. Take the perspective that we need to throw some of this stuff out. Um, and then the right side of the room is just, well, just let it be. No one doing Easter egg hunts is thinking about Ishtar. People don't even know about that old stuff. They just do it because uh, their family and their friends did it, and it's fun, and it's whatever. So this side of the room is let it be. This side of the room is throw it out. Um, so get into groups, smaller tables, join bigger tables, meet somebody new, um, and discuss this. I'll give you like five minutes, and then I'll go out with the microphone and get some opinions. Cool? Cool. All right, go. Raise your hand. Uh, we'll go right side first, left, right side, and then left side, and then uh, we'll, we'll see where we go from there. We'll kind of have a mini debate, but a very respectful debate. Don't be, don't be fighting each other. I mean, I just assigned you this anyways. It's not like... Anyways, go ahead. This is Trevor. I just wanted to say that you ruin every holiday. I ruin every holiday? <laughs> I know. That's my purpose. And, and. And it's a holiday where people who don't normally go to church will go to church. Yes, that's huge. That's the idea that I'm going to kind of close with, which is like maybe just let it be. Like a family comes in, they're not, they're not, uh, they're, they're new to church, and so if they come in and we're like, Easter, like a little girl has an Easter egg dress on. You're like, what are you doing? Idiots. It's like, no, just let it be. They don't know. This is sh- share what is true and, and let it be. But here's the other side. This is Aaron Higgins always has something brilliant to say. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, okay. For, for the record, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Okay. Figuratively speaking. F- figuratively speaking, of course. Um, yeah, so <laughs> these traditions are rooted in evil. They distract from the true meaning of the holiday. Uh, they're, they're nothing more than paganism that is a vague attempt at being redeemed. 
so anything that distracts us from the true message of, of Resurrection Day uh, needs to go away. Yeah. I think that's, that is a, anybody want to add to that? I think that is the, big, the, the, the distraction thing. It's like kids, do, we are teaching our kids about these holidays, and it is easy to get distracted by Easter bunnies and Santa. And it's like, where's Jesus? All right, go ahead. Um, I think even though these traditions are rooted in evil, um, we're not celebrating them for evil, but yeah. we're not celebrating them for Jesus as well. Yeah. So it's it's like, can you take the middle ground here? No, they they aren't. And especially all of you now have, you know, with what's, with the Spider-Man thing, with much wisdom comes much responsibility. Now you know about this stuff. So you'll have to decide for yourself, for your families, you know, what you will do with these traditions. Yes, go ahead. I'm going to I'm going um, to talk about the one that I think is least complicated, um, the sunrise service. I think as a human being on the planet Earth, the most natural thing in the world to, to remember God and think about creation is to get up and do a sunrise service. And just because pagans do it in their ignorance doesn't mean we can't understand the beauty yeah. as a Christian. And then, I mean, I, I mean, it's hard to, you know, eggs, how does that Right. Fundamental, I don't know. Yeah, so, the sunrise. The service is the easiest one. Yeah, that's very, in, in fact, that's when the women uh, finding Jesus' body, they, they found the body um, during the morning, at the very early in the morning. And so, um, yeah, so sunrise service makes sense. All right, Taylor Brooke, it will be our last comment for the day. <clears throat> Do I stand up? You can stand, you don't um, have to. I think <clears throat> <laughs> the symbols are obviously rooted in evil. Um, but I think to, um, to go on in ignorance and continue to celebrate the symbols or to make Easter about killing the symbols, both of them are distracting from the true meaning of Easter and, or the resurrection. Yeah. And so I think number one should be focusing on Jesus. And then number two, if you have an opportunity to share someone, share with someone the The meanings behind, that's great, but. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Taylor. So I think we're we're coming to some conclusions. I think some middle ground here of uh, what what Resurrection Sunday is, and I've tried to make it a habit. It's it's um, to to say Resurrection Sunday instead of Easter, and it, it's just something small that I try to do. But um, and I don't know what I'm who I'm fooling when I when I say Resurrection Sunday and not Easter, but. I think anything we can do as knowing, believing uh, Christians, and I'm talking this message to all of you, the Mill Sunday School is very often a community of Christians who have been Christians a while. I mean, who else gets up at 9.30 in the morning and comes to a teaching, right? Um, and so I, I assume that a lot of you are more mature Christians. You're learning. You're, you're here because you, you're kind of nerdy and, and wanting to know things uh, of the Lord uh, in deeper ways that, than, than Christians that maybe just show up on Sundays and, and are just Sunday Christians or even just C&E Christians. Have you heard that term before? Christmas and Easter Christians, the Christians that just show up they, they call themselves Christians and like, yeah, when, when's the last time you were at church? Oh, it's, oh, Christmas. And then I come on Easter and that's about it. But um, that, that's, that's that. And so anyways, I say all that to say, let, let's, let's take away the distracting things. And now that, that us as, as a community kind of know the knowledge of some of these traditions of Easter, um, we can lay some of them aside and know that, well, let, that does distract, you know, to, to give this side of the room um, some, some points that, that 
it does distract. Easter bunnies do distract from Jesus. But then this side of the room is like, well, what, what do we do in light of that? I, I, you have to realize that, you know, when you're doing an Easter egg hunt, you're not in any way worshiping Ishtar. I think um, Joe said it well, the, East, the Easter sunrise service. It's like, you know, we're not worshiping the sun. We're worshiping the God who created the sun. And so um, anyways, I have a, a, a short video. It's, it's pretty cheesy. I found it on, online. Um, and it's, it's Jesus and the Easter bunny in conversation. It's probably going to offend you, but uh, but but I, I meant to, it to just be funny and cute. So don't let it offend you. Uh, here it is. Anyways, I'm not really sure how to close right now, but but just this bigger thought of. Um, Here's our sanctuary, a picture of our sanctuary full. I don't think this is uh, last Easter, but it's just a, our full sanctuary. And, and next week, uh, that's why we have so many services. That's why we kind of have to cancel Sunday school because of um, all the people that will be here at 8 and 10 and 12. And then we're doing a baptism service. If any of you are contemplating getting baptized, uh, we're doing a baptism service on Easter evening, um, Resurrection Sunday evening, excuse me, um, at 5 o'clock. And so if you want to get baptized that that that's um available and we will see so many people next sunday um that come just with friends and with family and would n- normally never come to church. Maybe they're adamant about not believing in anything about the Bible or Christianity, but they'll sit politely through a church service and potentially be affected by God and, and thoughts about him and see us worshiping our Lord and maybe be curious and wonder about, man, these people are really uh, truly believe in, in the resurrected Jesus and that same resurrection that, that Jesus that same power of the resurrection that Jesus rose from the dead, is, I believe, is here for today. And we believe that as Christians, that we as believers can feel and know and receive the power of the resurrection um, in our lives. And so anything we can do to, to just downplay the, 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 the things of Easter that have nothing to do with Jesus, I think we should. And anything we can do to, to talk about the power of the resurrection and to celebrate that, to, to remember the death of Jesus this upcoming week and, and throughout this, we call it the Holy Week, between this Sunday and next Sunday, um, we should do. So it's, it's just, just with that bigger idea that we close. Let's pray. Um, Father, we, we do come before you, and with this knowledge of, of our traditions, um, some of them are probably offensive to you. And, and God, knowing that, that these traditions are, are of pagan origins, God, would you show us this week, uh, next Sunday, um, give us words to say, Give us opportunities to share who you truly are and how th- this holiday of, of Resurrection Sunday is about you and about you alone. And, and you alone, God, are the God we worship and glorify and, and give our lives to. God, show us, um, be merciful to us in your ways. God, may we worship you in this holy week and as we celebrate um, your resurrection next Sunday. We worship and praise you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.